This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks, welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. We got a new sponsor, and I want to get to them because sometimes I get to recounting, and uh, plus I listen to the bald guy um, do his podcast. Hmm. There's a um, lot of bald guys with podcasts. No, no, this is the big one. Uh, not Corolla, but... Uh, Rogan? Rogan. Oh. He gets right to it, man. Yeah. So I, I think he's the uh, state of the art here. So excuse me while I ape his notes and remind me not to uh, sing today, Christian. I uh, <laughs> I don't get that many comments on the show, but I thought, well, we're just learning how to... But eh, you got that's bullshit, too. I've done it for a year, but I've always sung, but... Uh, I sing probably to break nervous tension uh, right. when I'm stuck somewhere. It's only a trick, but some people get really, you know, they hate it. And I'm often, I'm often enamored of what can throw people off their feet out there, right? Like, it, it takes a little to throw me off my feet. Now, granted, I'm not, uh, you know, Larry Darrell in The Razor's Edge. <laughs> I can't get whacked. Uh, but... Um, it takes a little bit, but some people, you know, you'll get all caps. You know, you can tell somebody because what do I probably during the show? Maybe on a on an unclear day, <laughs> um, I'll sing five or six little yeah. snippets like that. But what? see, now this guy's pissed off. Wait, Man, they I get, didn't mean they that, so brother. I, but I know you listen out there. What is that guy's name? Should I look that up or is that bad? No, it's all right. We don't need to give him that much credit. Well, I'm just saying, imagine somebody out there now is going fucking flippy over that little on a clear day thing. they're so worked up you'd almost think that they were generals gathered in their masses <laughs> well i'm not gonna do it to him today because he really seemed like he you know might come and get me or something All right, but brother enough. just singing i'm sorry but you're you know you've got a, uh i don't know you've got a bigger stick up your ass than giacometti's walking man All right. how's that anyway show is being sponsored by um, LendingClub.com. Now, here's what they do. They allow you to coalesce, to tidy. Um, I don't know about you, Christian. Now, as, as, an, as an avuncular old man of 65, now I feel like I'm sort of Burl Ives. Uh, sure. You know. And um, what, what was his song? Oh, can't do that. <laughs> Silver and gold. No, 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 no. Now, look, that guy, all of a sudden, he's uh, Jimmy Whitmore in uh, Shawshank. He's <laughs> through a uh, Windsor knot over a beam, and he's dead because I did the. So, you killed That's him. enough. It's that's enough him. for him. <laughs> Slowly I turn. He's like Shemp when he wouldn't get cheese, and he went onto his vaccination arm and spun. I told you that grandma seizure story I had once. Oh, anyway, let me get to it in a second. Christian, make a mental note for me to tell grandma epileptic seizure joke. Right away, chief. Not a joke, a story, an actual story. Um, but when you're young, I always think that, uh, do you, I don't know if you ever did this, Christian, but when I was young and broke, I never went bats with it, but uh, I would pay for things on a credit card and then push that one a little till the next one uh, is ready. You know, it's sort of like a three-card Monty guy with your own debt. And I never got to this, you know, spinning dervish thing where I didn't know what I was doing. But you do have to rotate it out a little. As I get older, I've gotten a little more solid financially. But I remember not that long ago, like last week, I was all <laughs> screwed up debt-wise. Uh, if you're carrying revolving debt, that means you're not paying off your card every month. And you could be paying thousands in interest every year that you don't have to. And what, Christian, has it gotten bigger? I don't, I, I'm not in debt anymore. I try to live paying things off. Uh, but uh, is a credit card like 20% some of them, or is it, it more than that? It can be. A lot of times if you're not careful with what you sign up for, like especially, you know, the uh, on college campuses, you know, like the first week that a freshman is there, like, hey, don't you want eight credit cards right, with right. 24% APR or whatever? Yeah. So, so you, in essence, you're, 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 uh, you know, think you've signed up for a credit card, but you've, uh, 
you've stiffed Bud, Bugsy Siegel at some point. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, how? What is that word? Usury? The rates are? I believe so. Usurious? Yeah. yeah. I think it's usurious. Good word. Um, anyway, you don't want those thousands stacking. I mean, you can't do the scarlet O'Hare thing where you, where you push it back and I'll get to another day. With Lending Club, you can get to that day. You can consolidate your debt or pay off credit cards with one fixed monthly statement. Now, even if you've spiraled out of control debt-wise, certainly you want to be handle retentive about <laughs> Get it down to one bill. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable, fixed rate, personal loans, no trips to a bank, no high interest credit cards, no scenes like Warren Beatty and Shampoo where you have to go and beg some stiff to open a salon because you got the heads. Just go to LendingClub.com. Tell them about yourself, how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you. And if, and that's an if, I know I mean, we're not in dreamland over here, but uh, I tell you, they're in the lending business. If you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion dollars in loans issued and 35 billion folks think about that i was saying one half of one second on our debt clock in this country <laughs> go to lendingclub.com slash dennis miller i wonder if slash has ever come out from under the top hat and had his people look into getting him a you know an after fee every time somebody says the word slash check your rate in minutes and you can borrow get this sit down no sit down on something more com- no not that one. Oh. Sit right there. Sit there. 40000 bucks. That's LendingClub.com slash Dennis Miller. LendingClub.com slash Dennis Miller. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Thank you, Lending Club, for uh, lending me your good offices as an advertiser. Appreciate it. Christian, I had reminded you to tell me something about something. Yes, but unfortunately, in the interim, I've had a grand mal seizure. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be laughing, but the, the way <laughs> the way you pick things up, Barry Sand called it found humor. <laughs> yeah, I'm very until he went over and did a show called uh, Fifty One Fifty Doheny after he left Letterman. Ooh. Remember that or some some. It was named after where the studio was in Hollywood. Barry Sand was the original Letterman producer. Right. He gets whacked, and he takes his concept, and they always posited this like it was E equals MC squared. Found humor. Stuff that's just laying out there. You know, a misspelled Cubano restaurant sign and that you could riff on. And he took it over to another uh, place. Uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, well, the first thing he did is he produced the Late Show after Joan Rivers had left. But uh, maybe there, this was something after that. Yeah, it's called. It was an address of uh, where the studio was, like seventy two Pie Cadbury. Or <laughs> anyway, it might not even be. That's how. That's how quickly this was gone. The internet might not have logged it in. So where, where you can type in, you know. Um, Eugene Banks while at Duke and get 58 million stories about my man going to the cylinder while he was at Duke. But this this thing came and went so fast that it very well could not be on the Internet. But uh, yeah, he's he's got the top notch credit of the Wilton North report. That's it. Yeah. Oh, OK, North. so that the... was the corner. Sorry. <laughs> Wilton. Uh, oh. I know that a, a young Conan. Why did I put a number there? into that? Uh, you ever have that fuckhead next to you on a plane? Usually. Hi, are you Dennis Miller? I'm Dennis Miller. Hmm, that's six letters in the first name. <laughs> six. Is, uh, Jack Kennedy, the day he was shot, had uh, spelled Cinderellamot on a notepad next to his bed. Uh, Cinderellamot, isn't that your name backwards? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so anyway... Um, put this under the heading of found humor. Um, and if I've told the story before, I won't sing it, but it, it, I know there's a guy out there who reacts to a story he's heard twice, like the guy with the snippet of song guy. 
And listen, I can't, this isn't Jonestown. You all got to buck up a little. This whole, you know, what about the 60-year-old guy who sends you an email like he's Blanche Dubois? If you talk about, <laughs> you know, when she was young and pretty, he's going to cry because you sang. Get it together, man. Is that where you've been dumped on after six decades? What did you say? Well, you're not going to listen to the pod. And somehow I soldier on. General's gather. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do I react most adversely to? Whininess, right? Yes. Out of all the things in the world that can drive you crazy now, that can drop your jaw down to hit, uh, you know, the top of your foot so hard you get plantar fasciitis. This guy's, I listen to podcasts. Well, do you like it? Yeah, I like it a lot. I never miss it. Well, that's good. Is that enough? Well, it's, what, what does he do, 50? Yeah, 50 minutes a week, and I like it. It's free. But I'm telling you, he pushes me to the brink sometimes. I'm out on the ledge. What, what, what did he do? Did he threaten you or get into your foodstuffs? No, he'll sing once in a while. Let's sing one or two lines from a song. And... Holy Christ. Emotional hemophiliacs. Grievance junkies all too eager to throw their body on the tepid grenade of minor irritation. The shadow knows. <laughs> so anyway, I'm warming up the crowd at a afternoon show in Pittsburgh, talk show, live. It's, it, it, it's like, it, it's, you know, Jesse Smollett get a hoagie weather outside. It's like <laughs> five below zero. I can't believe we're doing the show. I barely come in. We get six old people who's, vascularity is so impeded they don't know it's cold this is just tuesday for them they come in from some old folks home sitting in the crowd i've got to go warm them up and i don't even mean that uh impishly and if you thought i meant it impishly jen <laughs> so Sorry, I'm cranky. It was one of the last things I read before I went on. I said, well, why don't you see what people are thinking about yeah, the podcast? Sure. And you can take the notes in. And it was one of the last things I read. It was a bad thing. It's like uh, them breaking the bottle over your, uh, what's the front of the ship called? Keel? Bow. Oh, look at that. Oh, what, what, Christian, I think she's having some sort of elementary tract disorder. Well, she, uh, that's Anytime how she, you're on the air and you hear a furtive cry from way back in the in the woods, bow. No, she insists that I bow in her presence. But oh, it okay. also happens to be the answer bowels. to the I thought, question. God, maybe she's uh, bound. <laughs> she's asking for help, Dennis. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm up here. <laughs> now, you know I wanted to... Install a pneumatic tube between here and there so I could running man down there whenever anybody had some celiac side effects, but I can't. So Christian, trampoline on her tum-tum and help her out. <laughs> well, that'll turn up in the case, right? Yes. That's Oftentimes, actually... Dennis would threaten me on the air. And I would laugh, but only because I was so uncomfortable yeah. I didn't know how to respond. You will so, you're such a wuss. You would so ditch out on me oh, in some you, sort of absolutely. Me Too litigation. Yeah, <laughs> Christ, I can see you running. Women, I I took my wife's maiden name <laughs> when I got married. I I didn't expect her to take my name. I took her name, and Helen Reddy married. Up. Um, where was I? Oh, grandma. Cold day. Six women. I have to go out and do time. This was a debasement of me, a waste of my talents. I shouldn't go on in less than eight geriatrics. Um, I go out and uh, I warm the crowd up. One woman comes up to me, one out of the six. Thank God the other people couldn't hear because she, 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 you know, old people get to a certain age where they think they're whispering and they're actually Ensign Lightoller telling people to get to the aft side because that's where the uh, lifeboats are on the uh, Titanic. She said, I'm, uh, I'm a epileptic. I'm about to have a grand mal seizure. Get me out of the room. Place me on, I believe it was right my right side, but this might be a false, you know, Brian Williams type memory. 
uh, maybe it was the left side, but there's a side you get them on. And unimportant to the story, I put her on the right side. It wasn't like I factored in she wants the right side and then twirled an imaginary snidely whiplash mustache and said, I'll put her on her left side, see what uh, an unintroduced improv does. Take her out, I put her on her right side, and sure enough, she starts jumping out, you know, my Larry Cheese, my Larry Cheese. And she's make sure I don't swallow my tongue. I'm thinking, yeah, that's why I'm here for four and a quarter an hour. I want to get into somebody's oral cavity. <laughs> Christ almighty. Right, right, because, you know, I take home 25 bucks a day from this gig. So why wouldn't I want to uh, get involved in the saliva of a stranger? Anyway, she's not biting her tongue. I guess she wasn't hungry that day. And uh, I just am standing there above her as she literally is running in place, but on her right shoulder sideways going. And my friend Michael, well, I mean, should I say his name on TV or, or radio? Are you allowed to do that? Uh, Let's say Mike H. Yeah. Super funny cat. Hippie. Good guy. Comes up and she's sitting right outside the hallway where the coffee machine is. He knows I warm the crowd up. He knows I've bemoaned my fate that I have to warm up six people. He uh, comes up. He's getting coffee, and somebody else opens the door coming out of the hallway. There I stand with this woman running in place in circles on her right shoulder on the floor. Hers mark, looks over, sees it, goes back to the coffee machine. The delivery is beautiful because he throws it away. He goes, wow, you are hot today. <laughs> like she was laughing that hard. <laughs> That's a nice little heart warmer. Yeah. Now we're pushed out to sea. Yeah. Now the icebreaker is moving. Do you know when I went to the Antarctic, Christian, um, that at night when you'd go to park, it was like Lucy and Ricky in the big trailer in parkas. He would back the boat up and ram it into sheet ice so you'd get stuck there for the night because it gets rough. Our captain. I was on a a vessel that only had 12 people on 14 crew 12 people small icebreaker he would back it up and just ram it and uh so i'm in sleep i'm, I'm in bed one night i'm trying to act like i'm fess parker and all this doesn't ruffle me but I'm, I'm literally scared shitless the entire time and i'm on i think i think i went in tandem if i'm not mistaken with a zanny that took me right up to the brink of sleep and then popped half a ten on an Ambi. I'm on a Zanny Ambi. Wasn't Zanny Ambi a show with uh, Jeff Goldblum and Ben Vereen? <laughs> oh, that was 10 speed and approach. But um, I'm pretty deep asleep at 4 o'clock in the morning. Evidently, we get blown out of our little self-induced crevasse into the open water again. All of a sudden, boom, you know, you're bouncing up. And down. I hear the engine get cranked up and uh, boom, rams it in. Now we're downstairs when he's ramming it. You know, previously we were up on deck. Rams it in. The whole thing shakes. I'm all screwed up now. I got to go up to the uh, bridge. And the captain, cool German cat. Uh, a comforting hun, as it were. I'd go off and go up on the bridge with my wife and he and... Have to, I'd have conversations where I was the interlocutor, and I, I'd look at her and go, Hey, hon, H O N. <laughs> and uh, the captain says she'd answer the captain, and I'd go, Hey, hon, H U N. And we laughed. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Carolyn laughed, but I'm sure no. you did. <laughs> no, Carolyn said, I'm going home. I said, Honey, you can't walk home. We're in Antarctica. She said, That's so bad. This is my new home. That's how bad this bit's gotten. I'm moving into Shackleton's old photo hut rather than sit here with you, you fuck brain. Um, no, she didn't say that. But um, I go up to the bridge. I'm a little, you know how you are. Everybody out there, I'm the only guy that does ambient, but you know, you're a little weirded. And I think it's four in the morning. I took the Zanny probably at 10. So I can't say the Zanny's still kicked in. It's not like I'm taking Cadbury egg-sized uh, Zannies. Uh, but I'm still a little woozy. I sit down. The captain's there because he had to ram it into the ice. 
Because that's when they get in the cabin. Yeah, that's how I met my wife. <laughs> A little film called Ice Station. Ouch. <laughs> so um, I go up on the bridge and I'm sitting there in the chair next to him. Me and him alone, four in the morning. And he's got these huge, like, uh, you know, like you're on the Nautilus, these huge circular um, screens in front of him. One shows where the ice is. And, you know, the snow's blowing sideways. There's ice all around you, and he has to navigate by instruments to stay away from hitting the ice. But we're parked, but he wants to make sure no ice is getting blown into us. So it's not your average vacation. You know, it's not like you've... uh, Gone to Chumash Casino. But um, I say to him, what's this empty screen here? Big, you know, maybe 12 inches by 12 inches. What's that called? Diameter or circumference? I never know the difference between those. I believe it's... What is the root around the outside? What what is width of a circle? Is that an old Robin Trower album or something? Something That's the circumference. The circumference is the width around Christian, the Christian, I tell you, she's blocked. <laughs> she's had some blockage. I was not the nerd. Oh, you said circumference. I, I, yeah. I, I, no, I, I said circumcision. I, I thought you were begging for help uh, from the forum earlier bow. Yeah. Plea for bow help. Um, so I say, what's that? And he said, that's the transponder. And only then I realize he's German, and that wakes me up because, listen, I don't care how nice the hunt is. Always at your throat or at your feet, as Churchill said. So now I'm on my toes, wondering if there's some sort of Sudetenland in my future. And uh, he said, that's the transponders. All vessels have a transponder. And... Uh, Let's say he should have had glasses on that he could lower down to the tip of his nose. He didn't because the Han is genetically breeded a beautiful vision. He looked at me and he said, as you can see, Mr. You know, it was empty, the screen. He says, as you can see, Ms. DeMille, at this moment, we're the only human beings at this latitude on the face of the planet Earth. I said, brother, I got to sleep on vacation. What do what you what are you plan now? What are you planting that seed at my head for? So I stayed up for another hour, and guess what? Dropped the other half of the ambic. Now you had to at that point. At that point, Christ, what does he gaslight me for? I'm on vacation. <laughs> Did I tell you I went uh, that day? We went into that uh, hut. Uh, there was a English exploratory hut. And there's, you know, you'll see things here. It's They're like little blemishes on the ice where people have lived, and you can't believe they wintered in there. And by the way, if you winter in Antarctica, they tell you, you have to get your appendix out because there's no way they can get you to anything, right? So we go to this hut was uh, from 1950 going over into the 60s. It was built earlier than that, but I believe that was the last time it was used. We go in, and it's kept almost pristine, like Zhivago's house in the ice field in, you know, uh, in Russia or wherever he... Where was his getaway weekends for Dr. Zhivago? Somewhere up in those ice, ice mountains. And you go in, and everything's frozen in time. Um, there's HP sauce on a shelf and peas, but, and everything's been freeze-dried, frozen. And on, uh, I'm with Jules Holland, formerly of Squeeze at that point. One of the funniest, most brilliant, one of, uh, I love him dearly. He's one of, if I could, if you said to me, do you want to get on a plane now and go see somebody in the world? I'd say I'd go see Julesy because nobody makes me laugh harder. I always think I should hook him up with Marty because that's, they're so alike. But Jules, very British, Marty, very Canadian. But, uh, God, you wouldn't survive that, I'm telling you. you. They'd have to put the paddles on you. You'd die laughing. So I'm with Jules, and on the table in the dinette, there's a magazine from 1960, and maybe it's the Valley of the Kings or something, cover story, with a picture of a young, nubile Joan Collins. And... Uh, you know, she's in one of those off-the-shoulder tops that was so au courant at that moment, off both shoulders. And uh, 
he said, oh, my God, it's Joan. I go, what do you mean it's Joan? He said, I know Joan. I had dinner with Joan not long before we came here. And we were with the, the guide, and he had a satellite phone. Uh, that's there's no obviously coverage down there you have to use something that goes up it's like 30 bucks a minute <laughs> bounces off i go what time is it in london the guy says it's not the perfect time i don't remember what the time difference is but it would have worked i think it was the evening and i said jules you've got to call her and tell her that we're in antarctica and we found a picture of her on a magazine with men who were living in the edge of the world and they wanted to reacquaint themselves with the pleasures of home. And there he said, mm, she wouldn't like that. <laughs> and I said, well, you know her better than I. What's the concept? And he said, mm, I don't know. He said, I found in my life that uh, great beauties sometimes don't like uh, to dwell in that time as they uh, age. And I said, well, you know better than me. I always thought it would be cool, right? But... Uh, who knows? I'm not, I'm not a woman, except now I am. But now I'm not again. But you are a great beauty. <laughs> hmm. I was going to sing a song there. See, I had such a funny little capper. Yeah. Ah, damn it. What happened? Huh? <laughs> it's just one guy. That's all it, that's all Christ, it took. Imagine getting beat up on a podcast. <laughs> it's like I'm hosting the Oscars. Yeah. Huh? It's like somebody coming on saying, hey, I don't like your accent on that CB radio. What was your CB handle, Christian? Well, uh, we, we, you know, well, it was it's like that Stephen Wright joke about uh, where he named his dog. He got a new dog and he named him Stay. Yes. So he could say, here, Stay. Here, Stay. <laughs> dog got all fucked up he didn't know whether to come or go so i was gonna say my cb handle was uh you haven't got yourself a convoy <laughs> just to be a pisser um what, what do you want to do with the, what was yours or did i get us both out of that awkward i mean moment? you got us both out of it all i was right, just gonna yeah, say my, go mine was breaker that. breaker two nine don't go back on yeah. that what's that oh my god <laughs> does that feel good <laughs> lending club oh Give me a little neck massage here oh thank my you gosh Thank you, brother. Is there anything easy to get off you? What's your name? Evil? Like, <laughs> like what? Oh, your father was a daredevil. Guys, damn, do you off to Canela? Evil? What? Uh, is there anything? God, you, you came to. You knew my neck was hurting. You're right in there with a neck rub. Is there anything that you don't do over there at Lending Club? And he's like, Yes, we don't brace you about borrowing $40,000 or less. All right, Evil. That was my my impression. I love the new character. Christ, they just lost that company. His <laughs> they were all in, and then, and then you did the character. Christ, then I come with that piece of cheese. They only they only sponsored because they understood that you sang so much on the Wait, show. Wait, Christian, can you hold that for one second? I'll be performing April twenty sixth <laughs> at Foxwoods in Mashantucket, Connecticut. And by the way, this this routing. Literally, I feel like River Phoenix in the film where his family was on the run. They ratted the weather underground out. Uh, the Chevalier Theater in Medford, Mass. On the 27th. Caboo, Texas. Christian seems to feel this is Austin. I seem to feel it's uh, Dallas. I'm going to look it up. I know you won't. But I don't want to keep giving the bad info out. Have you looked it up and saw the words Caboo and Austin together? I figure people in Texas are going to know where Caboo, Texas is. So if well, they're thinking ironically, going, when Lindsay Wagner and Lee Majors would have <laughs> sex while doing the Six Million Dollar Man and Woman, she had nicknamed him Caboo Austin. It's apparently in Arlington, Texas, which no, is no, indeed closer Dallas. to Dallas. Yeah, oh, I don't. Jesus I don't get to the Lone Star Statement. I'm trying statement. to make my knot here, and I'm trying to take it back. <laughs> I'm trying to wet my beak. My beak is dry, big man. Put Kaboo in Arlington, Texas on May 10th next week. In, unless this is playing after that. God, my lower back just went out. What is that about? It's the guy from, from Lending Club. Hey! He hey, evil! Neck evil! My name is James. I'm the, I told you I was evil. Or I did the wrong voice. <laughs> he was working my lower but a little too low on my back and evil is his uh I'm frightened i'm scared i feel like michael avenatti oh yeah 
May 18th at the St. George Theater on Staten Island. And, uh, hey, I didn't land on Staten Island. Staten Island fucking landed <laughs> on me. <laughs> Best Malcolm quote, X quote ever. It's hard to hard to dispute that one. Huh? Anybody else got? A, do we have any voicemails? Is, is if anybody has a better, more pithy Malcolm X comment? Remember, I did that joke. I got in trouble once where I said, uh, "I'm trying to reach out to uh, my African American brothers, trying to, you know, have some commonality, and because uh, uh, I don't feel I'm informed enough, so I went out today and purchased a copy of the autobiography of Malcolm the Tenth, and I will get back to you." Really? You got you got feedback on that? Well, this is when things were first. It's, I was misperceiving X to be the Roman numeral yeah. ten, and um, I I don't know if I'm if I got heat on that or I'm imagining heat to give myself some sort of nobility. Probably the latter. <laughs> well, now you're starting. Probably to make the latter. Some more sense. Right, I can't see. Uh, Anybody getting that wrong? <laughs> but that allowed me to feel like I was Gene Autry. <laughs> I think it happened on a helicopter. Um, anyway, um, those are some of the places I'll be. Yeah. Bring my comedy to the people. Christian, what do you want to talk about today? Do we have a guest? We don't have a guest. The guest do we have any, is the uh, audience. Uh, do we have any uh Sound bites or what? What do they call? We do call have uh, we do have a few voicemails. Uh, speaking of, you, rather, by the way, it's just it's just a small, not a racist. Now, I remember when Glenn Beck got in trouble at one point. He called Obama racist, and that seemed to be out of all the craziness he put on the chalkboard. That was the one that did him in, right? Yeah. I, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, but isn't I, Smollett when he says, unless he, was he saying the two black guys had MAGA hats on? Uh, or I, I'm saying by MAGA, he was inferring it was white, right? Or did he say white guys? See, I don't know if he said it was those guys who uh, he had paid, but uh, yeah, I think he, I guess that they're the ones who he and said. Were, were they, in fact, clever enough to be wearing MAGA hats to throw people? I don't know the whole story. I, it just seems like it's racist to me what he did. And in addition to being Christ, can you imagine how many people are in harm's way at any given Five-minute period in Chicago being the shoot-em-up capital of the world. Yeah. Uh, and if he takes people away for a few days, what chain reaction did they set, did they set off? Can somebody do a, a, a Caparesque, it's a horrible life, and uh, go back and see who, who possibly uh, was sacrificed to this, this crazy vanity? And uh, he just walks. And you know what? You you must take a moment today. This is all you can do, and take another one tomorrow, and eventually it'll be like the five levels of grief. You must hear it when you say life's not fair. People just use that as a burp, a hiccup, an uh, or a dude. you got to stop down and just take it in. Life is not fair. That's the only way you're going to deal with Jesse Smollett walking from this. And who knows when the lawsuits comes, because he's doubled down so many times. I'm telling you, only one thing comes here. Complete nervous breakdown Christianity thing, where God makes him come clean in his mind. Or the lawsuit to put this in stone. And would he sue that black police superintendent in the name of helping black people? Would he destroy his life in, a, in an effort to be a social justice warrior? Of course he would. Of course he would. So we'll see, but uh, just keep reminding yourself, justice was not served, Jussie was served, and the code on that, and you really have to take this, not at phase, not at a glimpse, not, life is not fair. And for everybody who gets apoplectic about that cat, I don't know, watch the St. Jude commercial, where the, uh, the little black kid comes up the steps, uh, on his arms with the uh, breathing tube in his neck and the sweetest face and those big glasses, and he's indefatigable. And tell yourself, yeah, life is not fair, but it gets a lot less fair than this fifth lead moron on Empire being treated like he's, uh, you know, Olivier and Henry the 
whatever number you want to pick. It seems like there are a lot of Henrys. Yeah, Olivier was good in all of them. Um, what was that Harrison Ford film where he gets shoot, shot? Reg- regarding Henry, written regarding by a Henry very young J.J. Abrams. Let's do Regarding Henry V. <laughs> where um, he's not shot by a robber, but rather by the bodega owner, Korean kid, named Hung Jong um, Noir. No, he had it, Hung Jong the killing fields. Because who the fuck clumps in in the middle of the night in a, a leotard brandishing a sword and starts talking about Agincourt? <laughs> now there, I'm just guessing. Didn't something happen at a place called Agincourt with Henry? Henry the Fifth? I don't know. I don't know. Might be Henry the Second. I guess I'm, I'm saying I do not know Shakespeare. I can't read it. I think it's horrible. I don't understand it. It bugs me. So I don't know much about it, but it seems to me somewhere along the line, there's a few things. Yes. Henry II, Henry V, and one of them speaks to the troops at a place called Agincourt, which... Uh, is, is a, Agincourt is known as the battle that made England. All right. Now, did anybody speak at it out of Shakespeare? Henry V. Well, who the fuck <laughs> pulled that out? Uh, I'm going to assume it was evil whispering in your ear. Oh, my God. That is now. Listen, I only get impressed with myself around eight to ten times a day. <laughs> and that's one of them today, because if I pulled Agincourt, I, yeah. I know nothing. The, the only thing I know about Shakespeare is when Richard Dreyfus is all fucked up in the goodbye girl. That makes me laugh as hard as anything I've seen. Where he comes out gay and limping. <laughs> Now's the time for all. And then he begs the guy who's the neighbor from uh, the Jeffersons. Come on, you can't do this to me. I'm all. <laughs> and the guy sits him down on that stoop. And so uh, now that you have the text. Oh, it's so fun. That's a great movie. Dreyfus. Stone Killer. I'd love to talk to Richard Dreyfus sometime, Chris. I don't usually ask you for anybody, but uh, Jimmy Connor said he'd come on. Can we call Jimmy? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've sent up a signal flare to him, and I'm waiting to hear back. Our, oh, our friend man, Richard. I don't know if Richard Dreyfus talks anymore. And tell him I don't even want to be about politics because I hate being with uh, talented people who. I believe are misinformed politically, but he believes I'm misinformed politically right. and wasting my time locking antlers over bullshit like, uh, you know, Harry Reid, <laughs> which, by the way, th- that is not his name. That's a description. And um, try to get him on. And let's play some. Uh, Wait, Harry some... Reid or Richard Dreyfus? Oh, <laughs> Harry Reid. Um, we should beat terrorism down like harry reed's bowflex beat him down. <laughs> that big sour fucking gaping suck hole of an eyeball what happened there mob related right he screwed somebody on something i think that's a safe bet christ i used to like wayne newton I, if i saw wayne i couldn't talk to him because he's so all in on harry reed yeah god knows what sort of stuff was done there you know, I think you need a special lawn license to have Arabians out front of your house. <laughs> and I mean horses. Yeah. There's an even more complex licensing thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian. Uh, ask me something or I'm out. I no, just no, wanted, no. I ran Appaloosa Rat. You did good. Like the horse in Electric Horseman. You took me up into the Galt Canyon. I'm rereading. It's so funny. I can read for a night on my Kindle book on Atlas Shrugged, and I'll start at 6% into the book. You know, it has a little notation in sure, the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> read for an hour and a half. It'll say 8%. Hey, you're making <laughs> a dent. The book is so long, but it's so cathartic. And to be reading it during La Faire Smollett is absolutely... Uh, I didn't start it. That all happened since I started it, but it's very propitious because I'm able to uh, cathart a little. You know, they just drop such neat little breadcrumbs throughout the book. Like, uh, you know, uh, Hallie had written four concertos and uh, she's on a train, Dagny, on one of uh, Taggart International trains and the kid who's putting her luggage away 
is uh, humming something. Let's call it Aaron Copeland-esque, you know, theme to the common. And she says, what is that? And he said, Halley's fifth. And she said, Halley only wrote fourth. And the kid puts his head down and back. You know, he's he's a, one, a John Galt devotee, and he screwed the pooch and revealed that <laughs> Halley is alive. He's just gone up country, and he's writing up there, and he shrugged. Ah, that stuff gives me goosebumps. It, it's funny. The book's pe- pedantic. Uh, is pedanting mean overly preachy? Uh, I think so. I'm... Because I don't want to mean it that way. I want to mean it in what Bob Guccione wore at the Pet of the Year shoot. Big pendant. It's a Krugerrand inside some some, uh, ancient sap along uh, with some raptor sperm. (laughs) Someone who's too concerned with literal account, uh, literal accuracy or formality. All right. She's that, but she's also got a little Agatha Christie in her because that's a beautiful notion to drop. And I also love how she makes it dystopic and weird and Bradbury-esque in that there's a huge calendar hanging in the town. And she didn't quite tell you how that's, you know, amongst the New York skyline, say, hanging in between the buildings in the sky is a huge calendar that the whole New York or whatever city you're imagining it to be uh, can see. I love how deft that is, that she just lays that in at the beginning, and then it's sort of, uh, you know, your day-to-day place. You know, subways, vendors, you know, newspaper stand. But just to set it off into the surreal, uh, you know, the surrealistic tableau, surrealistic tableau that it deserves, she says, oh, they, they, she looked between the buildings and saw the huge calendar hanging in the sky. <laughs> I love that. It gets all that shit out of the way in one uh, pretty deaf stroke for uh, the the toady fields of objectivism. The delightful Ayn Rand. I had an idea for a play once, and if I had any motivation, discipline, or skill, I would have sat down and wrote it. It was a one-act play where Obama and uh, Ayn Rand sit next to each other in tiny booths at uh, Bettelman's up in the Carlisle, that beautiful bar, and start talking. It was sort of like my my dinner with uh, Andre. It would be sort of, you know, like my after work drink with uh, Obama. <laughs> Just the two of them talking, and like from opposite ends of the universe, but sitting right next to each other in a banquet. And uh, there's another thing I'm never ah, going to do, Sammy. All right. Um, how long well, have we done? Uh, what do you want to do? Let's. Uh, do you have anything to talk about? I do. I have a few things that I like well, to talk I've about. Well, I really got to... Should we cut off? Because I've got to use a loo for a second. Why don't you do that? Okay, you talk. And uh, I can always let people know that if they want to leave us a voicemail, we have a very familiar phone number that you can use. 866-509-7268. And yes, indeed, that does spell out 866-509-RANT. But if you would like to send a message, you can use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag Dennis Miller Option, and you can follow Dennis at Dennis DMZ. He's real Dennis Miller on Facebook. And me, well, of course you would want to follow me. I'm at Christian DMZ on the Twitter and the Instagram. And uh, I don't have time to ask Lindsay if she wants anyone to follow her because I'm going to keep going with my plug. I have my own podcast called The Blackcast. You can find it at blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T dot com. But uh, I don't know, Lindsay, do you have uh, anything you'd like to promote? Do you have any plugs or you're just happy to be here? I'm just happy to be here. This is, you know, the dream. I've been waiting for this. Your whole life. My right? whole life has led to so this. So when you were an intern working on Love Line with Dr. Drew, you were just like, one day I'm going to be in a studio with Christian Platt while Dennis Miller takes a leak up in Santa Barbara. Exactly. And while he sings, it's all of it. Well, really. he doesn't sing anymore because uh, that guy that guy who wrote in. Doesn't sound like that's true. Well, he's off mic, so that guy's going to be okay right now. Yeah. I think everything's going to be I'm all back. right. Sorry, guys. Oh, hey. Sorry. We were just- you know, ironically, Christian, I didn't go- have to go to the bathroom. I had to go throw up lunch. <laughs> Because Fern, my rep at the Casablanca agency, called and said, I have a go-see this afternoon for Fiorucci's Fall Catalog. (laughs) So I had to get a couple crullers out of my gut, which I think might have been our friend's problem a little earlier. A little earlier. 
Uh, All right. I wanted to what did you guys back. chat about? Uh, we let uh, people know. <laughs> Overthrowing me? Yeah, but I mean, we would do that in front of you, so don't don't feel like this is a, a secret. <laughs> Cabal. I'm flattered that you don't give a shit about <laughs> me or my knowledge of that. Uh, I wanted to circle back. Did I back. ever tell you, I just saw an ad for Chuck Norris, I guess. Uh, he's pushing something else now. Yeah. I've and I like that. Chuck by saying that. I wish I could push things. Believe me, if anybody wants me off the podcast, call and get me some poker table that can be converted into a thing with bands on it that uh, you know I can pull myself around and lose weight. <laughs> I'm there in a shot. <laughs> but uh, I was in Africa once, and uh, I was with the Samburo tribe. Not an actual tribe, a local improv troupe of British expats. Yeah, the uh, Richie Samburo traveled tribe. under there. Yeah. Sort of like the Python of Nairobi. No, I was uh, at a place called the Samboro Elephant Camp. And oh, I cannot tell you, Christian, I was out once in the, uh, on the, uh, what would you call that? There's a great word that they use. The plain, Serengeti plain, but there's another, the... Uh, oh, Savannah. Savannah. Oh, Christ. What are you, sleeping with Edgar Rice Burroughs? That is beautiful. No, I was just talking about the chick on the Today Show. I didn't realize it also answered your question. Well, she's co-hosting with Eddie Escarpment. <laughs> Sounds Escarpment. Um, anyway, I was uh, out in the uh, savannah, and uh, you know, some trees all around us, and we're in a buggy, and uh, all of a sudden, elephant migration heading north. All of a sudden, I am surrounded. I'm not exaggerating by at least a dozen elephants moving past us. Like traffic, you know, like we're going yeah. too slow. And can you imagine something that big creeping up on you where you're unaware of it? All of a sudden, uh, uh, Christian, it had to get almost strictly peripheral where I looked over my right shoulder and saw a huge elephant. Uh -huh. I, I had, didn't hear anything up there. There's no thud, thud. They were, you know, dances. I'm a dancer. <laughs> like Belushi in that black and white video in the graveyard. Oh, <laughs> I'm a dancer. <laughs> and then they all moved by us, and they were, I, I always find them so sweet in tension. I guess periodically somebody's going to have a bad tusk and, you know, pick somebody up and fucking throw them through a tree. But by and large, seem like the mellowest of creatures. Can't believe anybody could kill one. Craziness to me. Craziness. But um, what was I talking about Africa for? Well, you were with. So I'm at the Calvin, uh, no, not Calvin Carter's 30s camp. This would be prior to it at the Samboro camp, and, uh, oh, I know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm leaping off, okay, tell me where this song's from, trivia fans. Delta Force with the great Chuck Norris. Beautiful. That's where I leaped off on this uh, spin around the roulette wheel. So Norris... It's dinner time, and I think they're making goat for us over a fire. Nice. And I can't find my son. And it's it's odd. You're in Africa, but you're less worried than you would be, obviously, if you said that in New York or something. Sure. You know? Or near the typhus zone down in L.A. Uh, by the way, is there any truth to the rumor the Lakers are thinking of changing the name to the typhoids? <laughs> <laughs> God, how far do we go? <laughs> so... Uh, can't find my son i'm in a hut where honest to god i go in one night and to whiz at like three in the morning once again i'm on ambient i know what you're thinking christ he does a lot of ambient <laughs> you're fucking right i do <laughs> what am i gonna say i'm in africa no i'm gonna adjust for six days so i miss my africa trip I'm trying to stay up 15 minutes each day, a little later, and then get on the plane, leave Africa, and have pissed my day away trying to adjust my sleep. What are you kidding me? I pull a fucking hammer like they test your reflexes with and just hit myself in the head. So I go in, I'm a little zapped, and there's like some sort of crazy mandrill. And I don't mean Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sitting there on my, uh, you know, back up. Toilet paper shelf. Oh my God! Can you imagine how freaked out I was? Yes, I actually can. Oh my God, Chris. 
I, I just saying it, I can remember how scared I was. I think they had a glass plating or, or, you know, a glass wall. I immediately turned and went back to my bedroom and walked right into the glass wall. So now I'm all fucked up on Ambien. I've just thudded my head on some bank vault glass and the mandrels behind me. Now I'm trying to differentiate between his shriek and his laugh that I've walked into a wall. <laughs> it's pretty similar. I can't differentiate. And I think, geez, maybe I've ruptured something in my head and I'm bleeding because usually who more than me is able to go on audio secret double daily double on jeopardy and differentiate between a mandrel shriek and a mandrel guffaw or a chortle i think that was the category um yeah you know imagine how discombobulated i was <laughs> trying to check for blood down my head and here's here's what uh, 20 years with me at that point has done for my wife um she takes that all in and says, come to bed, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no, I can't believe this is happening. Come to bed. Come on. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're about to eat goat. I can't find my kid. I go up to the Samboro village, which is above us. I go into a dung hut. And I'm not kidding. It's not <laughs> like a white collar prison there. <laughs> Literally, they've got an igloo made out of dried shit. <laughs> And there's a fire in there that they warm themselves around. Sure. Yeah, these are all these idiots who are pulling up in, as Paul Thoreau points out in Black Stars or Black Star Safari, uh, whipping in with the latest Range Rover to tell them not to get electricity in the village because they'd be betraying their organic roots and just to burn a turd, a smaller turd in their big turd house. It's that sort of deal. Christ, that was heartbreaking to me. I would say to the guy, hey, fuck this. Get, you know, my tour guide, it's, you guys got to get some, a generator in here. Do you have Amazon? Because you can get these generators, man. You don't want to sit in a uh, dung hut with, you know, shit heat. That's what I told him. And somehow they called the police. <laughs> yeah, you're the bad guy. In a completely other unbridled netherworld. Way out in the middle of nowhere. All of a sudden, I had London Bobbies there. Walk away from the conversation, sir. Scaring the locals. <laughs> um, I go up to the village. I go into the. I stick my head in. My kid is sitting there with around eighty neck bracelets around that have stretched his neck up to giraffe level. <laughs> He's got a Latoya Jackson headband on with a fucking feather. Sitting there, they've got a bowl of popcorn, and they're all watching a VHS of Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, it was so trippy. I said to the lead native, I said, I've met uh, Chuck Norris. And it, it, they didn't want to know him as Chuck Norris. No, no, no. They said, you mean Walker? I said, yeah, I've met Walker. I've met Walker. And yeah. then they smiled. Yeah. It's like me coming in and saying, no, no, don't you see? Walker is, <laughs> here's his deal points on the show. <laughs> Completely ruining the myth. Like yeah. uh, They don't need to escape from the dung hut. No, he's a Texas Ranger. I need to come in and debase. You know, Chuck was in litigation earlier on a exercise equipment uh, liability. Uh, can't we just enjoy the Can, you know? Doing Cato in a, with a badge. <laughs> All right. Let's play some. Uh, where are we at, show wise? Uh, I think uh, we're about 50 minutes in. Beautiful. Let's glide in. Uh, let me get a, a vector. This is my Sully Sullenberger impression. I got a vector. <laughs> um, pardon me, LaGuardia Tower. I got a fucking toucan in my engine. Where do I put her down? <laughs> Uh, before we moved on to uh, voicemails, I wanted to... Were you in an improv troupe called Toucan in My Engine? Yes, Toucan in My Engine was what we went with, but then in this day and age, that's <laughs> deemed too suggestive, so we just went with Toucan in a Tree, which... I remember you yeah. came in doing that Three Caballero sort of thing, it's Harry Belafonte, where you were singing, uh, instead of Deo, you were doing a parody of The Matrix with... E-O! Yeah. E-O! And then Ke and Keanu sued us. I've never seen yeah. the Matrix. Well, it's Neo, but it's the same. Neo. Place. Yeah, it's all right. I, like I said, I've never seen it. But the whole the whole world is in the phone. Is that the premise there? Uh, I mean, not exactly, but uh, you're not too far off. Let's put it that uh, way. 
Uh, what I imagine want- Alexander Graham Bell on that first call. <laughs> Keanu? <laughs> Keanu! <laughs> By the way, did you see Keanu with the emergency landing in Bakersfield? I didn't, no. I am the biggest, honest to God, to me, he's the definitive modern movie star. People say, oh, are you taking the picture? No, I'm not. I admire that guy and the way he's led his life and the films he's done, which are not always Ralph Richardson. But, man, you talk about a big, honkin', cool movie star who is as modest as they come and is interesting that only staying out of the limelight can make you. It's not quite Garbo-esque. Yeah, it is Garbo-esque. Latter-day Garbo. Uh, and I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, if I had to pick one movie star I could meet, it would be Keanu Reeves. Uh, they, he was on a commercial flight in a trucker hat from, uh, you know, that's the look that on the video I saw, from San Francisco to L.A., engine trouble. They have to land in Bakersfield and await a bus to take them and it's just him hanging out with the folks at the diner and in the bus terminal and then buying a guidebook and reading to them what's in Bakersfield. Coolest guy. Really. Uh, good on you, Keanu Reeves. You've done it the right way. I think he's a... Uh, I don't think anybody since Paul Newman has done it that well. And Paul Newman even got into some political forays later in life where he sort yeah. of turned down in debates and stuff like that. Um, so he even bought it a little, but let's face facts, he, he did it 99.99999% of the right way. And uh, Keanu, I don't see him getting political at all, but the coolest of dudes. So good on you, Keanu Reeves. Neo! <laughs> Neo! Neo, come and I want to go into the phone. All right, go ahead, Christian. All right, so what I wanted to uh, ask you, just to circle back on Jesse Smollett for a moment, do you think think that... So you didn't sense that I had dropped on some some wisp of a hint of a half-thought that it might be time to go and never get to the stuff. You didn't pick up on that. Right. I needed to get to one thing because I wanted to be able to so have a title for the episode. So what am I back to now? Do you think that Rahm Emanuel Why needs- weren't we there for the kids <laughs> in Iran when they were running down us? Well, that is what I wanted to ask you, but you never give me a firm answer on that. <laughs> do you think Rahm Emanuel needs to get- beautiful? <laughs> Shaq's on CNBC right now. Oh, yeah, there he is. Selling something. Papa John. He's a uh, Papa John's brand ambassador. Good for him. He's on the board of directors. Shaq, always be closing. What about Ricky Rio in Glengarry when he sits down with Jonathan Price at the Chinese restaurant bar and he closes (laughs) on him? He's talking about all the depravity of life I won't elucidate because some of it involves Michael Jackson-esque activities. I I even hate to say it. But he goes off in his long existential screed about life and... Uh, the Caligula-esque Ubermenschian qualities of some men who don't adhere to the laws of regular men and Jonathan Price is loaded on some bad fucking rot gut <laughs> call liquor, well liquor in the Chinese restaurant and he gets the end of it he's just sitting there with that faraway look on his face like wow, wow, that was so out there, Doctor Strange and uh, Ricky Rios' house says, I, I want to show you something and he pulls out a brochure for the condos. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the condo project is not called Glengarry. I forget oh. what it's called. But yeah, it, I, didn't, I didn't remember it that way, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, my God, that thing. I, that thing is shattering. Have you seen it lately? No, it's been a while. Oh, Christian, uh, watch at your own risk, because that's as depressing and exhilaratingly depressing as it gets. When Jack Lemmon is cornered with shit leads in that, and they're shooting him low to high, it's sort of like a Greg Tolan shot in Wells. Uh, in a, in a, in a uh, the rain is streaking the phone booth he's in. It's lit with that, Christ, horrible, garish light. And he's trying to get a sit because his daughter's in the hospital and he needs money. And uh, he's so desperate on the phone, you know, ch- chimping around trying to get them to let him come over and do the sit. Oh. <laughs> and uh, they won't. The desperation, it, uh, it's just too much. So watch at your own risk, but certainly a work, staggering work of uh, genius Glenn Gary going around, in my eyes. 
and uh, sad, 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 sad. All right, we good? We finished? Because I, I didn't want to go back to that small one. That's fine. I've already got a title for the episode. I'm all set. Really? Yeah. And you're going to save the... Uh, is there anything time-sensitive on the voicemail thing or anything uh, that highly praiseworthy of me to the point of uh, a little obsequious? That's what I'm seeking right now. Hi, Sharks. I'd like $15,000 for 15% of my new app, Obsequicoid. <laughs> Want your phone to kiss your ass? Literally, in my new app, you pull the phone out of your coat pocket, put it up against your ass, and you'll hear a big smacking sign. That's the Obsequicoid. <laughs> Uh, no, there's a no praiseworthy voicemail. Yeah. Just eight from that guy who wants you to stop singing. Is there something from him? No, there's. <laughs> oh, because man, would I love to tear him a new one in song. Yeah, of course. All right, I got a rock. What am I eating, Christian? What are you eating today? I've got a taste for a gyro. Oh, or a hero. A gyro. Did you or ever or? know that you're my gyro? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Christian Christ, we're brilliant sometimes. Wait, I had written a joke down that I didn't get to. Oh, hey, we got time for that. Let me see. Um, what about these commercials where the pilot is in a plane that's smaller than him with a catheter up his yin-yang doing barrel rolls with a slinky in his urethra? So, yeah, I'm glad, glad I circled back. I'm so glad. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> <My, laughs> Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here.